Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning to you on this snowy Sunday morning. It is 10.08, although it's getting warm today. It's 40 degrees out there. Dave Schwartz alongside Pete Nigeri and Charlie Weiss. Great to have you with us this morning on the huddle. We've got a great lineup for you of guests and topics, but we're going to start with twins and we're running right down to first on the first pitch. Uh, we're going right to our guest line, the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Pleased to have Pablo Lopez on this morning, starting pitcher for the Minnesota Twins on Thursday. Pablo, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, good morning. Now, thank you very much uh, to you guys for having me and taking time out of your day to make this happen. Hey, I, I appreciate you. And I listen, I've watched these these first two games like a lot of people have, uh, eyeing the pitch clock. And, and I, I want you to help me because I can't figure out how I feel about it yet. I, I feel <laughs> like it moves the game along quickly, but I also feel like at the same time, maybe it doesn't give pitchers and hitters a chance to really kind of set themselves back up. Or does it give you time to just forget something if you need to forget it? Where to you, in your mind, does the pitch clock fall? How has it affected your your first start? You know what? So we got to play around with it during spring training, obviously, to get ready for the season because we knew it was going to be a thing. And the number one thing was embracing it. You know, we couldn't change it. It's a fact that it was happening. So embracing it was the most important step. And then it was just making little adjustments. Obviously, the game feels a lot quicker sometimes you find yourself being rushed here and there but for the most part like you want to keep a good rhythm good tempo and me personally i'm a guy that sometimes i think too much and that kind of like uh gives me no opportunity to think too much so so far i have i haven't had any issues with the pitch clock the only thing is in between innings that's when i think it gets a little rush you know you got to throw your last warm-up pitch when there's like 45 seconds left on the clock so I think that's the that's the biggest adjustment for me because sometimes you feel rushed. You you wait for the catcher. You like you, you used to be you would get seven or eight. Now if you only throw four, you only threw four. You know, so little adjustments um, to be made there. Whether it's you you start getting uh, ready earlier in the dugout with a weighted ball or something, but mm-hmm. uh, in game like when the action starts, I like it. I mean. Uh, good rhythm, good tempo, and then obviously, as long as you know all the rules, like if you ask for a new ball with a certain amount of seconds left, you're allowed to do that. So little things that I know as the season goes, um, not just myself, but everyone in our pitching staff and across the league are going to figure it all out. Pablo, what a great start. Uh, we were all very excited. You went deep into the you know, the sixth inning even, and you, you mentioned tempo with the pitch clock. I agree with you. I think it's something that obviously we all have to adjust to it, especially the players themselves, but 
it doesn't seem like that bothered you at all the other night. I'm curious, have you had a chance, uh, and, and just listening to Dave talk about the weather in Minnesota, have you had a chance to pitch in Minnesota, and, and are you looking forward to that when the, when the time comes? Because we, we might still have some cool air back uh, in the early parts of April. No, I haven't had the chance to pitch in Minnesota. Actually, my first time going to Minnesota was right after I got traded. I made it to the Twins Fest. That was my first time ever being in the state of Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, I've heard the things. I was a little scared coming to Kansas City, but I found that the weather wasn't too bad. So I was, I was, and I told myself this is not too bad. But then someone told me, yeah, but it's 20 degrees colder in Minnesota than it is here. And I was like, oh well, that's something. <laughs> but no, it's just gonna be something to adjust and. I know, I know people do it, people deal with it, it's something you can't control, you gotta deal with it, but it's definitely different, you know, I pitched for five years in Miami, where obviously it doesn't get cold at all, and we had a dome and all that, but I'm excited, I'm looking forward to, I've heard many great, great things, not only about Target Field, but the Minnesota Twins fans, and how great they all are, so I'm really looking forward to making it to Target Field, and get to experience being a twin in Minnesota. Pablo Lopez joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Pablo, for for those of us that are not elite pitchers, uh, I, I am certainly not that. When it comes to that cold weather, it, it I feel like it. My thought is that it would affect a pitcher more than anyone else because you you have to you stop you go you stop you go you stop you go you stop. How do you keep yourself warm? How do you keep yourself making sure that you're still pitching effectively while your body is heating up and cooling down and heating up and cooling down? Yes, I think when on the mound, it's actually not too, not that it's not too hard, but at least you're constantly moving, you know, like you throw the ball, you get the ball back, you get the ball back, and then you get to throw it again. It's not like the infielders and outfielders that are just there waiting for action, so I think that definitely helps, but then you have to take advantage of all, of all the resources. Like uh, when your inning is done and you go to the dugout, you, you better layer up. You better keep <laughs> your hands inside your packets or something. There's something called hand warmers. You shake something and it makes your hand warm or something. I, I don't know. I've only seen it here. So I think, <laughs> You'll get to know them very well. We have them all over the place here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot of things I didn't think I needed in my baseball career. <laughs> no, there, there's plenty of resources and ways to keep yourself warm. Um, I'm wearing, I'm right now. I've been wearing a thick layer shirt uh, to get ready for my bullpen, so that's another good thing. <laughs> Pablo, what, what, which players have you kind of gotten to know the best so far with the team? And uh, I'm sure you're excited to actually get to Minneapolis. All kidding aside, but. Which players right now have you gotten the most comfortable with getting a chance to talk with? Is it mostly the pitching staff and, and some of those coaches, or is, are you mixing around with the other players as well? No, it's been a good mix. Obviously, the coaching staff, uh, it's been huge. Uh, obviously, from the moment I got traded, everyone's been extremely welcoming and making the transition easy. But the pitching, co- uh, the pitching staff, the coaching staff, everyone's like, there's constant communication, constant feedback on how we can get better, how we can help the team win, and obviously building the relationship with the catchers. You know, obviously uh, Vasquez was coming from another team too. I'm coming from another team, so he's been talking to a lot of pitchers to get familiar with us because you know the pitcher and catcher relationship is so important to um, you know have that good rhythm, making sure that you're calling the right pitches, making sure that you trust one another. So obviously. The relationship with the catcher has been a huge one that I've tried to build, uh, not just for myself, but like for the other pitchers. Like, make sure that you let your catcher know the things that make you feel comfortable. If you need any mental cues, if they can do anything, anything from 
behind home play something else that's something more than calling just pitches, you know, like they, they can find a way to help you. So I think uh, obviously the relationship with the catcher has been extremely, extremely good. From the very first bullpen, I threw in Ford Myers. Uh, every pitch had a purpose. They were asking tons of questions of like the things that made me me, the things that made me comfortable, areas to challenge myself. And it's just been, uh, it's been very, very good. Pablo, I, I'm not sure that anybody could have uh, handled the situation better than you did coming over for uh, Luis Arise, who is a, a fan favorite here, certainly a guy who was a favorite in the locker room, uh, reading an article uh, about you and, and how you kind of recognize that. But but the way you handled it is it was so well, it was so professional. Um, it, is there a lot and what excites you most about coming into this locker room? Because you acknowledge it. There is a personality living, but but you bring something, and the team obviously brings something to you as well. No, absolutely. Obviously, like you mentioned, I'm, I've been very aware of what the Twins had to give up to bring me and the other two prospects in this deal. But that's something that encouraged me in the first place. You know, like I mean, the Twins are um, look um, are looking for me while giving out the reigning American League champion um, batting champion. So obviously it's very encouraging. They see something in me, something that I can bring to this team to help us get where we want again. And then it's obviously them realizing that I, I should not be trying to be anyone other, other than myself. You know, I'm not here to replace Luis Arise. Number one, I'm not a position player. That's the obvious, the obvious answer. And then it's just bringing me to the Minnesota Twins. You know, I'm just going to come out, uh, show them that I'm very excited, very uh, looking forward for this opportunity to be a twin and doing it for them to see who is Pablo Lopez, you know, the things that I can bring to the table to help the team, try to be as helpful as, as helpful as I can on the field, off the field. So obviously, I just, I feel very encouraged from the very beginning when, when my twins career started. And, I'm, and every day I'm just, I come here, try to get better in many different ways, you know, obviously. The main thing is you want to perform on the field, but there's a lot of things going into like how you get ready for those five days. So um, routine oriented, it's one of the things I, I think I do very well. And it's one of the things I try to help everyone around me. So, And I get so many resources from the Twins that make things easier. So extremely grateful for everything. Well, Pablo, we're undefeated so far, and I'm sure we can go through undefeated for the whole season. But out of curiosity, um, how do things – are you pretty excited about the trip you you get to the next – after we get out of Kansas City, you're going right back to Miami? Yes, it's going to be warmer, that's for sure. And also <laughs> all the things, all the things, you know, like I spent five years there, so a lot mm-hmm. of familiar faces, and I get the opportunity to pitch against them on Wednesday. So that's definitely going to be fun. Because, you know, like all those five years I was with the Marlins, I never pictured myself facing them. Now now that it's going to be a reality, I think it's going to be one of those uh, one of those fun things in the sports world. You know, you get to face your mm-hmm. former teammates, and you're you're definitely competing. You want to beat them, but there's something in you that is just like, I, I didn't picture this happening, and now it's actually happening. And that's re- it's really fun. So looking forward to catching up. And then on Wednesday – Wednesday morning when I get the baseball, I'm just looking forward to do my job and help the team. Pablo, thanks so much. Man, I appreciate your honesty uh, and and giving us the time this morning. I hope we can do it again. Thanks so much, and uh, good luck for you guys today against Kansas City. Thanks, Pablo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pablo Lopez, starting pitcher for the Twins on on opening day. Man, I'll tell you, Pete. Uh, we've mm-hmm. done a lot of these these interviews with athletes over the years, and as you have as well. But I, I'm I love it. It's refreshing his honesty. 
I love mm-hmm. that in, in reading about uh, when he came here, you know, little, just acknowledging it. You know what? I came mm-hmm. for, for, for Luis Arise. He was popular, you know, and, and so yeah. we're just going to acknowledge that. And, and then your last question there about pitching against his, his former team, not saying, oh, it's just another game. No, you do want to beat yeah. your former team. Of course yeah. you do. And, and yeah. I love that he's going to be a fun one. I hope we can have him on again. I, I appreciate his honesty. Yeah, I think I think CCO is going to be his station for sure. And I, and I would say this: how about how about his start too? I mean, he gets yeah. the eight strikeouts. That's phenomenal. And and clearly, the pitch clock didn't bother Pablo. There is no doubt about that. He had yeah. a, a great opening day in front of thirty eight thousand people. So it, it, you know, he he stepped up to the plate, and he doesn't have to worry about anything behind him at this point in time. He just keeps on looking ahead, and he's he's got a great attitude. I love it. Yeah, we he's talked a little bit about the rule changes, and I think we'll we'll save that for next segment. But I I did find it he he changed my mind a little bit with the talk about being able to kind of put away what just happened out of your mind because you only have twenty seconds to move on. So uh, we'll discuss that. We'll talk about some of the rule changes come up next, really uh, as well. Uh, in our next hour, eleven twenty, Paul Martin, former Gopher and current uh, assistant coach for the. Frozen Four Bound Gopher Men's Hockey Team will join us as well. We've got a whole other host of things to talk about. You're settling in. We have got a great show coming up for you today. So stick around and rejoin us in just a couple minutes. You're listening to The Huddle on 830-WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle, 1024. It's, uh, what is it, 41 degrees today. We are record-breaking in Minnesota. Not only are we in third place for snow. Pete, we are tied for first place in Major League Baseball with the best yeah. record. If the playoffs started today, it would be a short season. Uh, and well, we would be 2-0. And, oh. <laughs> and I don't know how we just can't run the table at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see a loss on the schedule. I, as I was, as no. I was looking at all 162 games, yeah. uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't see it. I was watching. Uh, my son and I were watching the game last night. We caught the the last. We we tuned in at about four, and I said, oh, I don't know how much we're gonna we're gonna get because it started at three o'clock. So we were doing mm-hmm. some chores, and all of a sudden, I'm like, Whoa! It's the sixth inning already. I was like, Holy cow! And then we turned it on. And, and I I got to be honest with you, and I'm I'm really curious what you think, and I'm. I was I was really on the fence for some of the rule changes for for a couple reasons. I really love listen, it it speeds up the game and I love that. It it the game's gotten way too long. You know, you cannot possibly imagine think someone's going to dedicate 4 hours of their life uh for a baseball game. It makes it faster. I wasn't yeah. sure if the advantage went to the pitchers or the hitters in that, but listening to Pablo yeah. Lopez uh, with us last segment where he talks about being able to just kind of move past whatever just happened. I think maybe it's an advantage for the pitcher now because they, you know, if, if it's a bad pitch, if they just put one in the dirt or whatever, you're just, you don't have time to think about it. You got to move right along and throw the next pitch. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I do think it's a slight advantage for the pitcher. I don't know. You know, I, I kind of go back and forth on this whole thing, to be honest with you, but it, regardless of that, I do say, um, the game had to speed up. They were just losing too many people because it was three hours plus. Now, early on, they're looking at somewhere closer to whatever, two hours and 30 minutes to two hours and 40 minutes, something in that range. I, I think it just is better for the fans. And I think not only for the fans, 
I think as the players get through this, and, and, and I just read an article this past week, Dave, where they talked about the executives, the coaches, the players, all of them have embraced this. And, you know, I shouldn't say all. The majority have, repla- have said this is great. This isn't as big a deal as, you know, maybe would have thought, you know, six months, a year ago or whatever. And, um, and I think from a fan's perspective specifically, I think it's a huge advantage. I think it's great. Uh, and I think the, the, the fans really do appreciate that the game moves on at a better pace yeah. than it was before because of all the nonsense that was going on. Well, yeah. And l- listen, I, I applaud Rob Manfred for the, we, and you and I have taken our turns bashing him and we always will because that's <laughs> yeah. why he gets paid the money, right? And I right. applaud him for doing this, but, but here's, here's my only, and, and I think to your point, and watching this last night, what I said was, this makes baseball better live now than it does on television, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you can, it moves things along. You're not waiting 10 minutes between pitches and all that stuff. So it, it's become better live, I think, which is going to bring pe- people back to the ballpark. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Which is what they really want. But to me, the bigger problem is that baseball's got itself in a hole uh, over what they've done over the last, I want to say, 10 years, right? Ticket prices have steadily rose since 2002. I, I think at last check I was looking this morning, it's about a $12 increase. You look at that for a family of four, you're looking at almost, you know, over almost 50 bucks difference. That's a lot for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some teams at, at time, and I tried to figure it out. I don't know who still does it or if it's still done, but I remember it specifically when they started charging to come into batting practice. And, mm-hmm. and so you couldn't come in and get your autograph from your favorite guy anymore. You had to pay for the experience of doing it. Games have gotten too long, which they're now addressing. These labor disputes, you know, the last latest one coming out of COVID, which was just stupid. All of that together contributes to a decline in some of the younger fans. And I say this because mm-hmm. I have a son who's 13 years old, and, and he's not a big baseball fan. As much mm-hmm. as I like the game and I like to watch, he's not a fan. Because the game is largely, they forgot him. And that's mm-hmm. what drives me crazy. And I'm glad they're doing something about it now. But baseball forgot about cultivating new fans for the last 10 yeah. years. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem to me. And this is a great step in that direction. But they have more work to do. No doubt. Uh, you're exactly right. And I think the biggest thing is just all you've got to do is just look at the timeline in the last two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever you want to look at and look to see where the ticket prices have gone. They've gone yeah. up, up, up. And that is a problem, to, to be, especially for a sport that needs to kind of cultivate that younger crowd. 
And if you're pricing them out now, you've now you've you've kind of you know you've you've hurt yourself more than you even realize. I think. And and of yeah. course, we all know that the food there and the drinks there are not exactly cheap either. That price has gone up <laughs> an yeah. unbelievable uh, well, pace I, as well. So <laughs> I remember yeah. being able to go get a seat in the Metrodome for ten bucks. Right, yep. like you could just yep. uh, if you, especially if you were a student, and the place was always packed. And, I, and I'm not signaling out the twins because it's not they they didn't do all of these things, and, and they're not alone. All the all major league baseball, it's a league wide issue. But I'm glad they're addressing it. I I, I truly yep. am. I truly yep. am. All Good right, move. we'll take a quick. A yep, take a quick break. Come back. We'll have the fast break, and we'll uh, we'll continue on on the huddle on eighth year WCCO. Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle. Where's my Where's my knob? There it is. All right. There, <laughs> excuse me. I, I can't say that on the radio. Well, not when you put it in that context. I, it's the the fader, the, the volume. Sorry, should, Come on. I'm gonna get in it's trouble good, for that Charlie. one. Uh, it's all good. All right. Let's start it out, Dave. We're starting out with you today. Kim Mulkey's LSU squad up against Caitlin Clark of the oh. Iowa Hawkeyes. That's the women's championship game, of course, and it tips off at 2.30 p.m. this afternoon, believe it or not. Yeah. You've, at this point, I imagine I'll heard the accolades for Caitlin Clark, of course, and the eye-popping statistics. Outside of her, though, Aaliyah Boston of uh, South Carolina put on a show, uh, even though they were bounced in the Final Four. Paige Beckers, of course, has missed this season for the UConn Huskies, but as a star player. And Maryland star Diamond Miller made a run in this tournament as well. So my question for you, Dave, is... Are we on the precipice? Are we on the edge of a golden era of women's basketball? Gosh, that's a really good question. I'll say this. Um, Caitlin Clark's incredible. Um, the over-under, I was reading earlier today, the over-under on her point total in the championship game is 33. And I, I'm pretty sure, Pete, you've watched this more than I have, so I'll let you speak to it. But I think that uh, she's averaged maybe even more than that uh, per game. She's been absolutely awesome. Uh, yes, I do think it's a golden age. I, I think we're seeing some of the best because these the athletes just keep getting better and better and more talented. Uh, you know, some of them even coming from Minnesota. Paige Beckers. Um, we're going to see Madden Greenway in the next couple of years as well. The one thing that I took from this is I was ta- I was kind of looking through the stuff this morning. Kim Mulkey is probably one of the most underrated basketball coaches in general, but but women's basketball coaches of, of all time. Like when you think of great coaches, you think of like Gino Auriemma, Pat Summit. I really think it's time to put Kim Mulkey at least close to that, right? She's the third coach to take multiple teams to the Final Four. She's been there four times. She won three championships with Baylor. Now she's back there again. She's seven and one all time in, in the finals. I mean, it's just it's incredible. And, and, and excuse me, in the tournament, not in, not in the finals. But I, I don't understand how she doesn't get more publicity and run like Gino and, and Pat. I, I just I really think she's approaching it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we're we're living through a great, great age of women's college basketball. The talent level is unbelievable. And you know, it's interesting because now of of course everybody's focused on Iowa for all the right reasons, understandably so, but you know, LSU is not exactly uh, a, a terrible basketball team. <laughs> yeah. You you look you suddenly look at their record and you look at who they beat and by how much and everything else, and you just start to shake your head and go, wow, this this could be a, a pretty interesting game and a pretty exciting game. And 
that's what I would certainly expect. But it's uh, women's basketball has has gotten better and better and better over the years. And and I think you're right. They, we we do need to know more about some of these coaches, some of these players than than people know now. And we will. Uh, I, I think you're getting more and more television coverage for all the right reasons. They deserve yeah. it. Angel Reese is unbelievable for LSU, by the way. I mean, she, <laughs> there's yeah. there's some players there where you just look and you just go. Uh, Wow, these guys are unbelievable. Gals are unbelievable. Just yeah. the talent, what they're able to do is is incredible. The women's uh, the the ratings for the women's tournament ha- have mm-hmm. been amazing, and I think com- comparatively, not not numbers to numbers, but comparatively, the women's tournament has done better than the men's at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from, been, uh... from last year to this year. I say not not compared next to each other. In a, yeah, in, in right. an increase, and it, yeah, every year it is increasing. It seems, and more interest. Uh, more and more interest every year, and Caitlin Clark, uh, at least this season, has been a, a very big part of that. Pete, we'll move on yeah. to the next question here with you. As we know and as we saw, new friend of the show, I think we can call him that, new friend of the show, Pablo Lopez, pitched five and a third <laughs> stellar innings on opening day. Sonny Gray led on some runners, but still no runs given up, and the bullpen has shut down the Royals for two straight games. Bullpen's been pretty incredible. Joe Ryan, of course, for the Twins, takes the mound this afternoon. First pitch is right here at 110. Pre-game starts all the way at noon, right after us. You can roll right into Twins coverage. That Twins team has looked impressive so far, albeit, of course, against a pretty bad Kansas City Royals team. They're, they're going to struggle a lot this year. My question, though, for you, Pete, is twofold. When does the first opponent's run cross the plate against the Twins? And when do they lose their first game? Keep in mind, they head to Miami tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could happen as, as soon as today, quite honestly, especially uh, somebody crossing home plate and maybe getting a, a run. For Kansas City, I mean, I, I would be shocked if we actually can, can not just, uh, just sweep them, but also sweep them with no, no runs whatsoever. So, I don't know. I, I think we'll give up a run here or there. We'll, we'll lose a game that we shouldn't probably early. Maybe it's today. Uh, but I think I'm pretty excited about what they're going to do and show up against Miami. And then, of course, you get to come home to Houston. So I think that there's a lot of things that we can look forward to. And we'll know a heck of a lot more just in, in the next week, week and a half or so, just to see how do the Twins look and, the, and we see the rotation as it plays out. I, I love what they did in the offseason. They did a couple of things they needed to do. Some of the trades that we, we, we talked about all, all, all winter. And now we get a chance to watch and see how those play out. So I'm, I'm excited for the Twins. Dave, got anything to add, or are you just gonna you're gonna leave it at that? I, I, you know what? I mean, 162 and 162 and 0. Well, that's what I was waiting. Said it. Yeah, that's what I was waiting to hear. Book it. Cut cut this <laughs> off, no right? Run. And then let's save it so that when we win the World Series, we go to the playoffs undefeated. We'll say that we were the yeah. first to say it. Perfect. I'm cutting it right yeah. now. <laughs> All right, Dave. On you, new sport, new question. We unfortunately all saw that Mason Shaw injury. Last night, gut-wrenching sequence for him to go through yet again, a guy that's been through a lot of struggles getting here in the first place, and uh, to see that happen was tough to watch. Of course, no official word, I don't believe, yet on what the injury is. So, you know, you're crossing your fingers, hoping it's maybe not as bad as it looked, Uh, but it looked pretty bad. Uh, Pretty simple question here, Dave. Who's stepping in? Who's stepping up? Um, What's what's this team looking like without a – uh, a heart and soul guy like Mason Shaw was. Yeah, he, he was a heart and soul guy, and I, and I'll say that much. I he, he's not he's not he's not the most talented guy on the team, so it, mm-hmm. it's not a, a devastating injury from a numbers standpoint. 
Um, they have, you know, the good thing is, and if you look at this wild team, the good thing is, is that they're flush with talent right now. And in the next week, they're going to get Kaprizov back and they're going to possibly even get Gustav Nyquist back. And, and we have no idea, um, what he could bring because he's been injured for a while. But if he can kind of garner back to some of his older days, he's a heck of a scorer. So I think in the immediate term, tomorrow when they have, uh, Vegas again here, we'll probably see Sam Steele would be the one to step in. Uh, you know, he's been good. He's, he's been okay. It's, it, it I, hate 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 to see this injury for mason shot you, you know you said it knees are tough it looked gnarly and the fact that he's had these injuries before it, it's not good uh he's worked so hard to get there and he's clearly gained the respect of his opponents uh when when marcus felino is a guy i was reading an article this morning and he says this is a the guy who's a heart and soul of our team when you have a guy like that who's you know stashed on kind of the third fourth line guy who can who can make that impact that's a huge deal so it, it's really tough to see that for him. The silver lining is that the wild have plenty of, of depth at the forward position. Mm-hmm. They just do, you know, the last week, the narrative has been, well, who's going to sit when Kaprizov and Nyquist come back? You know, you've got so many guys playing well right now. So you hope it's not bad for him. I certainly hope that it's a quick recovery and maybe it's just got to, once the swelling goes down or whatever, they can, they can see uh, what they're dealing with, but tough one, but I do think that they'll survive. Okay. Yeah, I, I would just add to that that, you know, the goaltending's been unbelievable all year. I mean, Fleury the other night didn't do so well, but overall, they've been absolutely incredible, and we needed the scoring. And now all of a sudden we've got scoring. And, and whether it's Boldy or Erickson or Zuccarello or whoever, um, you know, whether it's the assists or the actual goals, we, we finally put it together where we're scoring. And because of that, we put ourselves into a great spot. So are we going to miss Shaw? Of course. But, you know, you know, never want to lose anybody like that. That looked terrible. But I think that there there is a lot of depth there, and we're finally seeing a team that's sort of putting together some goals. So that's been pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, the emergence of Matt Boldy after uh, Kaprizov went down is that might be a season changing uh, element here. Uh, well, and they signed yeah. him to a contract a couple yeah. months ago, which had they waited, thank goodness Looking they did better and better. Every uh, day. His contract's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, what yeah. I see is uh, maybe going to be the fourth or something uh, wild player with 30. Have you seen that stat, Dave? I don't know. I, I don't want to throw out. With a, 30 points? Something along those lines at a certain time yeah, frame. He, yeah, and I mean two hat tricks already this season. Oh, yeah. Guy, he just yeah. he this can't season, miss right within the last two weeks. Yeah, he's been, he's been <laughs> just awesome. Yeah. All right, Pete, back to you here. Uh, last question, a couple of tough losses for the Wolves this week, and uh, we're hearing from John Krasinski, uh, I believe that's how you say it, of The Athletic, of course, and straight from Chris Finch's mouth that the uh, team is st- struggling right now with a stomach flu, a, an intestinal flu, I believe, is is the actual wording that Chris Finch talked about. And of course, that can come at a worse time as those final playoff spots are up for grabs, losing to the Lakers, who are also grabbing one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Tough to watch. Tough to see that. So my question is, where will, after all it's said and done, the Wolves end up seeding-wise? Do they make that top six and avoid the play-in, or are they going to have to mm-hmm. win a game or two uh, to, to make the real playoffs? Well, I, I actually think that they can get into those real playoffs. And I think what 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 does bother me, though, is Nas Reed. Uh, you know, an injury yep. to him is bigger than people probably recognize because he really stepped in. And and you know what? When Cat's out, Nas was in, did an unbelievably good job, I think. And unfortunately, with this injury, and I, I think it's a pretty major deal to me. I know they're playing it off a little bit, but... You know, when you're talking about six weeks and you're, you're talking about a surgical repair, I think that's a big deal. 
Anthony Edwards struggled the other night against the Lakers. I'm not really sure why he was um, as off as he was. But Anthony Davis, of course, just schooled us and, and made us look pretty bad against our old Minneapolis Lakers. So uh, I, I think we can win enough games to get ourselves into that spot. I don't think we're going to have to play in. But it's going to take a little bit of health and a little bit better play than we than we had against the Lakers for sure. I um, I actually think that we'll be lucky if they make the play in game. I, I just I don't like. I agree with you, Pete. I think the the Nas Reed injury is is way way bigger uh, than mm-hmm. than they want to play it because you know you talk about a guy who's who's worked his butt. We talked about that with. Um, with uh, Mason Shaw, uh, a guy who's worked his butt off to get where he has to get undrafted and works his way back in. But he, they're going to, you know, the good news is here is that they're, if it started today, they get Oklahoma City, who they've played well against this year, uh, which, mm-hmm. which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. So they've played well against them. But I think, you know, the schedule's not particularly easy over these last couple of games. They have some pretty mm-hmm. tough opponents. They have some easy opponents too. So I, I just, it's it, to me, it's tough. The, the Nas Reed injury, uh, on top of everything else, is to, and apparently now uh, they've all got the stomach flu, which is just mm-hmm. awful. Both uh, just awful. Both Towns and Edwards, I believe, questionable tonight, uh, among yeah. others. Oh, jeez, where did they eat dinner? <laughs> we better not say. <laughs> I know, right? All right, fellas, that's all I got for you on uh, fast break today. All right, we'll step aside, take a break, come back, wrap up hour number one. You're listening to The Huddle on 830-WCCO. Welcome back to The Huddle. Please do join in on our conversation. You can hit us up on the City's One Plumbing Talking text line, 651-461-9226. Pete, as we, as we round out hour number one, this was the question I wanted to talk about earlier. We had, uh, Fortunately, we were enough to get fortunate enough to get uh, Pablo Lopez uh, to, to start our show this morning. But we kind of mm-hmm. chat a little bit about it um, in the fast break, the, what the Wild have done and, and how good Philip Gustafson has been. Comes out mm-hmm. uh, yesterday or today, I think, that he's up for the Vesna. He's, he's up for that, which is incredible, considering where this kid uh, was basically a cast-off by Ottawa uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a young kid. He's, he's been incredible. I, I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the league right now, and it got me wondering – who else has there been a better off-season acquisition for a Minnesota sports team than, than Philip Gustafson has been for the Minnesota Wild? Now, now I understand that he's not the best because everyone's going to go, well, but, but Dave, Dave, Brett Favre, uh, but, but Dave, 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 um, Sylvia Fowles, Lindsey Whalen, uh, Jared Allen. But beyond those four, is mm-hmm. Gustafson slotted in there? Has And, and help me out because I'm sure there's been others that I'm not thinking of. But I thought he was he was at least top five. What do you think? Oh, he's absolutely top five. Um, and I think in, in many of the, the, the names that you brought up there, the only one that I would say would be absolutely number one for me would be Jared Allen. And, and I say that yeah. not just because I'm a football guy, but let's think about this for a second. Here's a guy who went to Idaho State, whoever heard of him. <laughs> By the way, they're the Bengals. And it's the Vandals, and right? Aren't they? <laughs> yes, the Bengals. And then, then he goes to the Chiefs in the fourth round. Then he comes here, and all he does is turn into a you know a multi-year All-Pro. <laughs> he he has eighty-five yeah. and a half sacks for the Vikings. You know, he sets all these records. He's got four safeties. He's got all these different things, right? He did absolutely everything. Hall of Famer. So I would put him at number one and say there's not really anybody who's even nudging up against him, but. When you consider the fact that Talbot was our guy to some degree, and and yet uh, you know that they made decisions that changed things up, 
and all of a sudden we get this guy who's arguably the best in the league. Now, I, I know everybody's got a guy, but you know better yeah. than me. So you, I, I will say, but look at, look at what he's done for this team yep. and how between he and Flurry, and even when Flurry's had a little bit of an issue, Christensen's really not had that many, and, he, and he's just been amazing. And, and if, if it weren't for him, they would not be where we are. And so, yeah. you know, I, th- I think when you look at – and now we're scoring. I mean, we've, we've suddenly turned into a team – I'm not saying we're Boston, but if we can score and we have the goaltending that we've had, uh, we, we should be able to make a pretty decent deep run. Well, you mentioned Boston, and they have Linus Olmark, who is the front runner to win the Vesna. He's got a 938 save yep. percentage. He's got a goals against average below two, 1.88, which is incredible. Gustafson's mm-hmm. 29 and five this year, two zero and one goals against average. So he's given he gives up an average of two goals a game. And you're right. The best part about him is that when Mark Andre Fleury had a little bit of a downswing, there was about a you know there was a couple weeks there where he just He's just fighting it, you know. He's just fighting it, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. that and that happens. Gustafson came in and and played incredible, and and really kept this team afloat while they figured out how to get those goals, and while Mark Andre Fleury figured out how to get out of his slump, which he did. Uh, mm-hmm. I would put him up there. You know, I'll say this: I still think Brett Favre coming in and what he did in 2010 uh, makes him. Not let's let's be honest; it was like five off-seasons in a row, four off-seasons in a row that we thought he was coming here. So when he finally did, uh, it was it was a big deal. But I think yeah. Gustafson's up there. Would love to know what you think out there. We'll uh, talk about this throughout the second hour as well. You can give us a call on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226. Hour number two of the huddle coming at you in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.